You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by. Uh, by President, stop moving that, 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 that uh, you know, what's this thing called? That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go end it. Joe Brandon, I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show on this Wacky Wednesday. Great to have you with us. Check out MyPillow.com and use the promo code BUFF, B-U-F-F, and get up to 66% off. you got to try the new My Coffee, because we got to wake up, America. And also get a good night's sleep with MyPillow and the Giza Dream Sheets and all that cool stuff. And check out the BuffShow.com. Past shows, information, interviews, and so much more right there for you. Follow us on your favorite podcast site. Check us out on Roku TV, on the Patriot Podcast Network as well. The Raid. Everybody's like, what did they find in the Raid? A stick of gum, a letter from Obama. Oh, here's a baseball card, and here's a little bit of a mousetrap, it looks like. Half of a mousetrap. And yeah, we just took boxes out of there and are coming after you. Next, with our IRS agents, you be ready for that IRS Army. Moms for Liberty, we're going to be talking to them. Moms for Liberty Wednesday about all this. And then Corey Mills, congressional candidate, is on the show. We're going to be talking to him, get his thoughts on the the raid. And then Redo Voting, the CEO and founder are going to be here. The owner and CEO are going to be talking about how to clean up our act in voting. What a jam-packed show. But they let Biden out of the cage again, and we're going to play a clip from that. But also, I tell you this, man, they want to keep this guy out of the spotlight as much as possible. We're to the point now where he can't even read a teleprompter. This guy is destroying. You're destroying our country. And yeah, still 75% of Democrats want something else. Why? Because he's an embarrassment to the Democratic Party, but truly they want him to do more. They want a complete socialist takeover of America, and he's not doing it fast enough, even with the inflation increase bill that they just uh, are about to pass the House this Friday. But before Friday comes, come check us out in Osceola County at Jimmy Bear's Barbecue in St. Cloud tomorrow with all the top Osceola County candidates, and for District 9 in particular, they will all be on the show at the same time, the candidates. We even got Democrats for you. Record-breaking interviews tomorrow live with the Buff Show. Get your questions in there. going to be fantastic. We are in a pickle with this guy, I tell you what. You know, NATO was formed out of the wreckage of World War II, as we all know. Where war... Read it. Read it. You know, it had... Look, just, just be straight it. about it. Oh. Wars have repeatedly riven the continent, engulfed the world in conflicts, and and, uh, and there's no way to avoid that. If just a few months ago, I welcome I, I welcome President Nister. Sweden and Finland, and Sweden and Finland have strong. They'll meet every NATO requirement. Nearly unanimous bipartisan ratification. 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 And now this stuff is spoke with Swedish Prime Minister Anderson and Finnish President Ninesto. Ninesto. You got that? 
Kareem, Little Miss, I can't speak to that. I don't know anything. We have nothing for you on that. We have nothing for you on that. I can't pronounce names. I'm like Joe Biden Jr. now. I can't talk. What are we doing with this person? What are we absolutely doing here? It's unreal. It's a couple days ago. This, this administration is ripping this country apart. The Biden regime is ripping this country apart from it seems. And today he's like, see, Republicans, they're trying to do messaging. Republicans and Democrats can get something done together. We work together on some useless bill for the military, something useless. More money out from the taxpayers, probably. And it's not going to help the military whatsoever. The same military that he said, you must be vaccinated. You must get the vaccination. You must get the shot to avoid the China flu. Oh, it turns out people that are vaccinated actually get COVID and they get pretty sick too because the uh, heart problems caused by the vaccinations are pretty troubling, pretty darn troubling. But back to the raid. Uh, here's a bag of Skittles in here. We just, it's like a surprise so they can plant evidence later. It's like a surprise because they didn't look through the boxes. So they, they're surprised to see what's in there and they're trickling out the data. Why was the warrant signed? Why did this liberal judge who represented Jeffrey Epstein sign it? And what was it? And the Trump lawyers are like, well, maybe we should release this. I don't know. Maybe you should. These guys were armed and ready for a fight when they busted in a Mar-a-Lago. And does the press secretary, the propaganda minister, have anything to say about it? Absolutely not. So can you say, based on all that, I, I didn't say anything about Mar-a-Lago. I'm just asking you if you consider the president. I'm, I'm saying from here, I'm not going to comment on that. Does the president still want to uh, think that he would be very fortunate to run against Trump in 2024, like he has said before? Again, I'm not going to comment it's on. Just, it's just I'm a not. Quote from um, the president. In the next election, I'd be very fortunate if I had that same man running against me. Does he still? All think I that? can tell you, Peter, is that the president intends to run in 2024. That's not is an answer to the question. Concern here that if you guys don't say more, then these Republicans who are accusing this White House of weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing yes. the FBI, are, that's going to become the, the public sentiment. If you guys don't say once and for all, we are not doing that. First, first of all, we're just not going to comment on the Department of Justice. Whoa, that's really big right there. A simple no, we're not weaponizing the Justice Department. What a dumb question would have been more appropriate. We're not weaponizing the Justice Department, but she didn't deny it. She didn't right there. She just said, we're not going to comment on what the justice and she, she throws in there a criminal investigation. She's basically calling Trump a criminal. This is a criminal investigation, but can't say we're not weaponizing the DOJ. Can't say that. This investigation. Okay, we're just, we're just it, not going to comment are, on that. Is this white house weaponizing the justice department and the FBI against, against political opponents? The president has been very clear uh, from before he was elected. Very clear on this. Hold on. It's Still not answering. About his time in now. office. I, I heard the quote. We will be playing it's the quote tonight at 6 o'clock. Is this administration weaponizing the Justice Department and the FBI against political opponents? Peter, the president believes in the rule of law. The president believes oh. in the independence of the Department that's, of Justice. Yes or no. Just... No, is that is, House. no, it's a yes or a no for you. I'm answering the question. 
you may not like it, but I'm answering the question and I'm, no, no. I'm Mr. answering the question and I'm telling you that we are not going to comment. <laughs> We're not going to comment. And she spent the whole press conferencing not commenting on it, not commenting on it. And there's an African reporter in the background yelling at Jean-Pierre, the propaganda minister, saying, why won't you take my questions, you racist towards Africans? Well, it's a little stretch. But uh, I'd love to hear what question Africa has. <laughs> but still, they have to take the Peter Ducey question, and that's their one... They, they won't take anything else from OAN or Newsmax. They won't take any of those. So they're, they're Peter Ducey's the token, the token conservative reporter that they call on. They ask him questions and they then they don't answer it. Like, here's what you do. You let him answer his question and then you don't answer it. And then just let Biden mutter around from time to time and then put him back in his hole. You put him back in his hole. We have more political rivals to arrest. We have to get them out of our system altogether. We have to do it. And then we have to take over the elections. We have to make sure that we win every election and keep Democrats in power because our goal to turn this into a socialist nation is got to be complete has got to be completely done. We have to completely transform this country. Remember Barack Obama? Let me be clear. We have to radically transform America. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's what they want to do. And they have to make sure that their opposition is silenced. You've experienced this on social media. If you talked about vaccines or masks or didn't want masks on your kids, you were censored. And now you still have disclaimer, disclaimers on there. And here comes the IRS agents, thousands and thousands of them to target you. So they got social media doing their bidding for them, the socialists. They got social media, socialist media. That's what we'll call it, socialist media instead of social media. They got them doing the bidding for them. Here comes the IRS agents, and they will still use the DOJ and weaponize them against their political enemies. That's what's happening in this banana Republican. But it's, it's more than that. It is happening right before, and they say, right before your lying eyes. And when asked if they're weaponizing the Justice Department against political rivals, they did not say no. And watch how tight-lipped they're keeping Joe Biden. Watch, watch how contained they're keeping this guy. Back to school day today here in Florida and a lot of places around the country. So get ready. We've got Moms for Liberty on deck. We're going to talk to somebody who the Department of Justice says is a domestic terrorist. And the school board union said the same thing. Let's see what they have to say about it. You stay with us on The Buff Show. We'll be right back. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, live music. 
Tomorrow, it's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Liam Fitzpatrick does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention The Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game, and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us on this. Oh my goodness. Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, you know the people that are all talking about the raid on the left are funny. They're they're just like, oh good, lock that guy up, lock him up. Meanwhile, Hillary runs free and our parents, our parents are being called domestic terrorists. So it's raids and we got to get rid of the parents at school board meetings. And we have a group that we have associated ourselves with on the Matt Buff show called Moms for Liberty that said no thank you to that. We are not backing down, not when it comes to our children. We are not going away. So you can raid houses, you can call us domestic terrorists, but we ain't going away. Let's jump right into it. Mother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? It is possible that uh, an organization like Moms for Liberty could have an impact on the midterm elections um, and maybe even going into 2024, particularly because uh, it is encapsulating in a very important uh, demographic in the electorate, which, you know, are, are women and mothers. Mother, should I trust the government? So, yeah, I stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Let's, you know. Our mission is to hold school boards accountable for decisions affecting our children. What was once a scattershot operation is becoming much more organized. One example is the group Moms for Liberty. According to its website, the group, quote, welcomes all that have a desire to stand up for parental rights at all levels of government. Now, it started in Brevard County, Florida, but its chapters have spread nationwide. Great. Good job, Pink Floyd. Let's head to Hillsborough County and talk to Jessica Graham. Jessica, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Hi, thank you for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you. We're talking about the raid in Mar-a-Lago. We're talking about 
all the conservatives and the political opposition opposition to the Democrats being locked up. And when it comes to January 6th or even people in talk radio anymore, Steve Bannon and the moms have been on, under a microscope by this administration and the school board unions, Randy uh, Weingarten, for example, calling you guys, you a domestic terrorist when you're just looking out for our kids. So Jessica, your thoughts on just all the craziness we're seeing in this banana republic. I mean, the biggest thing that we try to focus on is the fact that children are not a partisan issue. So regardless of what side you fall on with this uh, situation, you should be very concerned that we are being painted as terrorists by the federal government. Um, I know that uh, here in Hillsborough County, uh, we, we're not going to allow that to deter us from our mission to make sure that the school boards are held accountable, that the schools are safe places for our children and they are not being indoctrinated by these um these radical ideas when they should be focused on you know the back to basics curriculum yeah speaking of curriculum kids go back to school today so it's great to have you on this uh on this show today because uh we just dropped off a kid going into high school for the first time and another one going into middle school for the first time and another one celebrating his second year of college and I can't help but think about the kind of garbage they're learning. I know here in Florida, our governor tweeted out that, hey, we're going to do math and reading this year. None of this uh, woke garbage like gender studies. But you've seen some troubling things already when it comes to books. And, you know, we just got to be mindful as parents to make sure we're very attentive, especially this school year where the left's fighting so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, making sure that parents are fully involved with their children's uh, schooling, homework, assignments. Uh, now that we have the legislation regarding uh, curriculum transparency, it's an uh, amazing opportunity for parents to really dig in. Uh, the unfortunate part about that is that sometimes it's a little more difficult to find things, but if you ever have questions or you're, you need help with finding something, we um, as an organization would be more than happy to help out. And go to momsforliberty.org to sign up today <laughs> and help out find a chapter near you. What are some of the books that you've seen that have uh, raised attention at these meetings? Well, the ever popular gender queer is always on the list. Uh, we did uh, we did start. So as we've worked through the list of inappropriate literature, we have uh, tried to work with our school board here in Hillsborough County to follow their process and, and figure out how we can actually formally challenge the books. Well, that's actually somewhat backfired. We're having some issues with getting through the process because the schools and the media specialists and the superintendent's office and the school board are not following their own policy. Uh, we, um, I believe it was 96 days ago, the first challenge against a book called Triangles by Ellen Hopkins, um, a book that contains sexually explicit, explicit excerpts, um, including uh what is it? Pseudo masochism, masochism and um, commentary involving adults and child interactions. Um, this book has been challenged for 96 days formally through their process, and we have not received any response. Um, 15 days ago, my vice chair, Alyssa Hines, spoke at our school board meeting to bring this to their attention, and we were told they are having 
glitches in the system. Oh, the ever the, the old <laughs> glitch. Sorry, lost the file. Sorry, we're working on it. There's a my system's running slow. I have to get back to you, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's been tough. It's been uh, it's been a challenge. But you know, we they call us book banners. They call us uh, you know extremists. We want to go through the process. We want to follow what the school board has put into place for us to challenge these books because we do truly feel they're inappropriate for all children, not just ours, not for just people who uh, agree or disagree, because our mission is parental rights and we fight for parental rights for everyone, not just people who agree with us. And, you know, we're not trying to get rid of these books to say that parents cannot introduce them to their own children you have every right to do that. They're your children. And if you feel that this is an, uh, an appropriate topic, I encourage you to to, to uh, parent your child as you see fit. Um, but that doesn't negate my parental rights in not teaching my child these things. Yes, I agree. I'm not going to run away from the Democrats when they say you're, you want to ban books. And yes, I do. I want to ban those <laughs> books from the school library. Yes. I'm not going to hide that. Uh, weirdo parents that want to get those books for their kids can go do it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or something. <laughs> or I, the public library, the regular public library, you can access those books. It's just in the public school system with just open access and no parental involvement is the issue. That's exactly right. That's a better way to say it. And it's absolutely the truth <laughs> because, yes, not going to lie. I want to ban, you know, let's put Mike Huckabee's Trump books on the shelves and see how the left feels about book banning. They would have a book burning party in the parking lot of the school if Mike Huckabee's Trump books were in the right. school. Right. Yeah. And and the funny, like the, the, the funny thing about it is we... So uh, our Orange County, California chapter started an initiative called Moms for Libraries, and they worked with a couple of really great um, distributors, book distributors, Brave Books, um, Dr. Ben Carson. And so we got all these books donated to us so that we could donate them to the school libraries. And so we were kind of counteracting the removal with uh, replacement, you know, for, for higher quality uh, subject books, you know, liberty-minded uh, America uh, education books. And um, we, in Hillsborough County, were having a very difficult time actually donating books. Yeah, that's just, it's just a wreck what, how these leftists are, are treating. Talk more about Hill, uh, Hillsborough County. How's the election shaping up for the school board? Um, we're going to be in Volusia County. No, it's not Volusia, sorry. We're going to be in Osceola County tomorrow. Volusia's next week. <laughs> and we're going to be talking to candidates down there and a lot of school board candidates. It seems like this year, Jessica, the school board is going to be as high a priority on the ballot for parents as the congressional races. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it's the outpouring of support has been phenomenal. Um, we have a very popular uh, DeSantis-endorsed candidate in our camp. Uh, Alicia Allie Marie Legg is running for our countywide seat that's up for uh, re-election on August 23rd against uh, two opponents. Um, and so it's been really exciting to see the the different factions come together as far as, you know, the governor's office and uh, and different organizations come together to support and work to getting the word out for our um, our school board candidates. 
Yeah, that's really good. Um, you don't really hear about governors endorsing school board candidates too much, but times, oh, they have changed. <laughs> Talk about yeah. another. Yeah, they they really have, and we we are we are so grateful that Governor DeSantis has taken the initiative to focus on our kids. And this goes way back. It took long enough, but they got the masks off too. And look at that, nothing happened. Did you do you realize that none of our our kids they all were fine when the mask came off? The the left were saying that they would all fall down dead. Looks like we're good. Looks like our kids are fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were the least affected uh, part of piece of our population with this entire, um, you know, pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the masking, the masking is actually why I got involved. I mean, really involved, uh, is I could, I could not understand it. And I, I didn't realize that I was not alone at that point. Um, because I just looked up a school board meeting and was, you know, got my, like, my boots on and was like, I guess I'm going to talk about this because this is not acceptable. And uh, yeah, the masking is just horrible. It's really interesting. So we were uh, one of our um, current school board members, Karen Perez, who is up for re-election, re uh, is in the psychology field. And she is constantly touting that she cares about the psychological state of our children. However, she voted to mask the children every single time and never addresses the uh, the residual fallout from those actions. Yeah, no. And they, you know, Fauci thinks he can ride off into the sunset. I, when I talk to my congressional candidates, I tell them first thing you got to do is arrest Fauci, Hunter, and Joe Biden, and we'll we'll talk after that. But no more. <laughs> No more games. I mean, the fact that they did all this stuff to our kids and caused so much harm with suicides, depressions, and drug overdoses, and they never even apologized for it. They're just like, whatever, we just follow the science, follow the science. Remember the comment you made about the glitch? That was their, that was their glitch. We're just following the science, but there was no science ever, ever, ever to back up treating our kids in this country that way. And we can't let them forget it. Yeah. Yeah, the damage done to our kids is definitely going to take years to to repair. How many kids do you have? I have one son. He's 15. Okay, so he's a sophomore? Yes. Okay, good. What And uh, what does he talk about when he comes home from school and they, they have these rainbow flags and stuff like that? Does he, is he, do you guys have a good open good dialogue about that? Yes. Uh, so we talk about it all. I, I really try to keep him informed uh, of what's going on and, and the reasons why I'm asking the questions of him, why I'm asking him what he's learning. And uh, so he he's really a, aware of what's going on. Um, he is he I, I'm very lucky. Honestly, I, I I have compassion for people who have younger children in the public school systems right now. Not saying that, you know, several years ago when my son was in elementary school, it wasn't starting to get bad. But now with the just brazen attitudes that are coming from some of the more, uh, I guess, woke <laughs> um, teachers and administration, it is, it's, it's truly terrifying to worry about what, what your child is experiencing at the schools and also what your child is going to come home and uh and have to deal with 
Yeah, no, abs absolutely. Um, I have a kid who just, like I said, went into middle school and I've had to, when he was in elementary school, I've had to answer questions I wasn't prepared to answer yet. And I, but I, we have to keep that open dialogue. And that's why I asked Jessica that question, everyone, because we have to keep an open dialogue with our kids because if we ignore them and if, if we don't deal with the situation, that indoctrination is real. They're not trying to teach in some circles with the communists. They're actually trying to indoctrinate us. And, and as today is the first day of school, this is where it begins. The hard left has been gearing up for this day, just like we have. It's an all-out war, Jessica. It really is. It over, really is. Over yeah. the innocence of our children. Yeah. And it's. It, I think what the most amazing part of that to me is the fact that you're right it's over a war over the innocence of our children it it it's mind boggling to me that there are people out there that that want to make it a political issue and and it's not like i said children are not a political issue children are not a partisan issue you should be nervous about uh, about um saving the innocence of your children and, and making sure that they can be kids for as long as possible. Yeah, no, you're right. We got to close with you, but I got to ask about the millage tax. What the heck's going on with the millage tax in Hillsborough County? Oh goodness. Uh, so the school board is trying to impose a referendum tax uh, that will be voted on by the um, voters on August 23rd, same ballot as the school board. Uh, what they want to do is they want to raise, they want to do a millage tax on your property tax, uh, raise your property tax. So you're voting to raise your own taxes. Um, and what, <laughs> what, what they're claiming is that a majority of that would go to teacher raises. The issue that we have with that and why we're hoping that people will vote no on it is first, uh, the school board has not done well fiscally and they need to get their own uh, financial house in order before we hand them over more money. Our budget is currently $3.4 billion, billion. Wow. Um, and the projected budget for 22-23 year is $3.7 billion. Um, teacher raises should not be contingent on a renewable tax. That is a huge slap in the face for our teachers. And why it's not the first thing that they budget for is beyond me. Um, I mean, even the Tampa Bay Times has come out and said, said uh, vote no for the millage tax. Usually, I mean, typically that's kind of a more left-leaning paper, but it's really good to see that people are seeing the importance of voting this millage tax down. Well, they, they slap these fancy titles on it like, hey, raise teacher pay. You don't see all the fine print in the bills. Just like the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, spending money to reduce inflation. Never. That, that's a silly thing. <laughs> it's the IRS Army Act is what it is. If they call it what it really is, people will be educated, but they like fancy titles. I yeah. that's, that's my problem with unions. You want to give a raise to someone who's not even good at their job. I mean, there's a lot of great teachers out there, but there's some that we've talked about that are militant communists and but that's the problem with the unions the public sector unions they uh everybody gets a raise even if you're terrible at what you do right yeah <laughs> yeah hey that's i mean that's the the woke agenda is full of pretty words i'll say that absolutely <laughs> well great discussion today jessica graham everybody check out momsforliberty.org keep up the great work and the fight now that school is back in session you ready to get back up on that podium 
Oh, yeah. We're ready for the fight. <laughs> Very good. And the election. Sounds like you got some great candidates. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. That's Moms for Liberty Wednesdays on the Matt Buff Show. Go to thebuffshow.com slash Moms for Liberty, and you'll see all the interviews that we do with these fantastic patriotic, Amer uh, Amer patriotic Americans. And yes, DOJ, they are not terrorists. We'll be back on the Buff Show. You stay with us. Hey, Matt Buff from the Buff Show. I love being in the middle of nowhere with the family. Problem is, I can't get any service out here. I wish there was a better solution. Maybe like a satellite phone or something. Let me head back to the office and check this out. All right, let's check this out. Satellitephonestore.com. Oh, look at this. Very cool. Do I need a satellite phone? Well, it says satellite phones provide voice, SMS, and data services anywhere on the earth. And you don't have to rely on cell phone networks. Very cool. Satellite phones work everywhere when you're outside. All right, what's this? Why do I need a satellite terminal? With one of these devices, you can stay in communication without a dedicated satellite phone. Better yet, you can text, call, and depending on the device, use all your favorite smartphone apps too. Hey, what's this bivy stick? The new Bivy Stick is the smallest and simplest to use radium global satellite communications and tracking device in the world. Wow, the smallest and most simple satellite communication device weighs just 100 grams. About half the weight of your cell phone. Look at this, one to three days delivery. Very cool. Call 941-841-0844. I will do that. 941-841-0844. Visit SatellitePhoneStore.com for special offers. Or you can visit SAT1234.com and mention The Buff Show. 941-841-0844. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. A boring website can make your company look really bad. <sighs> Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. And uh, as we look around the country at the primaries and what's going on, you know on this show we've been questioning, why does it take so long to get these results in? What happened with Carrie Lake there in Arizona? I mean, she came back on election day. We found a way to overcome the fraud, by the way. You got to show up in droves on election day. But what's going on with this process? 
and we got nobody better to talk about it than Dr. John Rogers, president of Redo Voting, redovoting.com. Dr. Rogers, welcome to the show. Good morning, Matt. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's great to have you, too. And we're going to bring on your CEO as well, Brian J. Overett's on the Buff Show. Great to have you on the show, Brian. Good to be here. All right. With the CEO and the president, we should be able to get some answers about redo voting. What do you guys think? A few. Yeah. <laughs> we just look at the machines. We look at the processes and the systems. And, you know, if we don't go back to the basics and if we can get around bills like H.R. 1 with federal takeovers of elections, we got to clean up this process and make people trust the system again. Dr. John, let's go to you first. What made you want to start up Redo Voting? Was it what I just described? Well, it was a combination of things. Um, Brian and I are both military veterans, so we have a very strong interest in making sure that the, the rights that we fought for are preserved. And we looked at the issue across the country and um, spent a lot of time developing the problem set. And there are accusations from both sides uh, for irregularities when it comes to elections. But the real issue is about perception. If people can't trust the system, then there's always going to be the opportunity for malactors to be able to step in and create controversy when their side doesn't win. So what we try to do is we try to approach the idea that the perception of election integrity is the problem. Because if you say the problem is election fraud, half the country turns off immediately. If you say the, the problem is conspiracy theory, the other half of the country turns off immediately. So in order to deal with this long term, we have to have a problem set that everybody can agree on. Yes, indeed. Brian Orvet, CEO of the company, I want to go to you for this one and uh, just ask. It's not just about those things that uh, Dr. Rogers said, too, because sometimes it's just simply the process. Just like what takes so long? You know, I mean, we just got to. Forget the fraud. Forget all that for just a second. Why are we getting boxes of ballots, you know, election night or the night after? You know, that that kind of process is the big problem. And I don't think that's political. You're correct. It's not political insofar as there are certain people who want to have a say in what's going on. The reality is using boxes is outdated. There's no need for it. Every time we add a link in the chain, like a, a ballot box or a machine, you take the voting process one step away from the voter himself. So our point in all of this was to create an open source piece of software that will hand out the code five, 10, 20 minutes after the elections and polls are over so that everybody can see what's going on. And we're bringing the elections back to the people. We're putting the power back in the people's hands. Yeah, that's good. Dr. Rogers, talk about the process. What do you guys do and what kind of software are you using to make change out there? Well, we started out chasing the same white rabbit as everybody else, trying to develop a voting application. The problem with voting applications is that they are fundamentally untrustworthy and insecure because people other than the users and the producers can get into them. So what we wound up doing was uh, instead of trying to figure out a way to put together an application is we, we stepped back and we said, okay, fundamentally, what is trustworthy and what is secure? What uh, is absolutely impregnable when it comes to security, at least uh, in our current technological environment? And um, once we worked that out, we asked ourselves, can we teach it how to vote? And the answer was yes. So what we have done is we have taken secure document technology, the same kind of technology that is used in the lottery, and we use that for access to the ballot. Data input on the ballots is actually done on a browser versus on an application. And the results of that are encrypted when they go forward uh, so that nobody knows who actually did the vote 
Uh, all they know is that it's a legitimate legal vote that's gone into the repository. So the chain of custody has shortened significantly. We've taken a number of links out of it and we've secured it with Shaw family encryption so that there's a clean line from the voter to the election, no questions. Okay, so let's talk about the process, Brian. If I get, if Redo Voting is handling the elections here in Florida mm -hmm. and I open up the browser, I scan a, I scan a QR code, right? Yes, sir. And then what happens then? How do, what keeps from my, one of my kids coming up on the computer if I had to go somewhere and doing it with their phone? You know what I mean? One, you know, kids being savvy, that can happen. So the process is simply this. You're going to have a postcard size document in the bottom left corner. It will have a barcode. That barcode is very similar to the barcode that's on your driver's license. So we're doing nothing new here. We're using a system that's in all 50 states. The clerk of wherever you pick up your ballot, and that's up to the state is going to scan that barcode. Then they're going to scan your license. And a magical thing happens when you do that. You've just prevented all those dead people from voting in your name because now you're verified yourself on the voter's registration rolls. Next thing that's going to happen after that is when you scan your first QR code. That's where you're going to verify your information, your address, your name, your phone number, your email address. All of that stuff, you're going to verify it's you. Again, keeping the dead people from voting. Secondarily, you don't have to do anything until voting day. You could be on the space station, scratch off that second QR code, and now you can vote using your candidates, your geographic region, everything that's going on in your area, that's when you vote. Once you've done that, you hit submit, it's over, and then there's a third QR code. That third QR code is access to your ballot in perpetuity, showing who you voted for and what time you voted. But something that's important to remember in all this, even though you have access to this ballot with your name on it, in the system itself, you're just a hash. You're a number. Your name's not there. So there's no government official. Nobody's going to know who you voted for and how or why. So and then finally, if the state requires that there's a fourth QR code, if they need to have a poll worker sign off on that chain of custody and prove that there's an audible ballot at the end of it. So it's very, very simple. Okay, that sounds great. And Dr. Rogers, this covers absentee and overseas and military as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can you can follow exactly the same process with overseas and military ballots. Let me walk you through the entire process from start to finish to kind of yeah. to kind of clarify how it all works. The ballots themselves are printed up in a secure document facility, the same facility that does passports and visas and uh, and lottery tickets for that matter. The ballot itself can be distributed through any system that the state wants to distribute it. Any retailer that has the ability to scan and link up with the voter rolls by way of a real ID uh, can be used. So you can pick it up at a gas station, you can pick it up at a government office, you can pick it up at a public library, anywhere that they want to distribute it. The important thing to know about this though is that the ballots themselves have no intrinsic value until they are specifically linked to you. So let's say for the sake of argument that this is being done in a government office. So you walk in and you say, hi, I need to pick up my ballot. And they say, okay, fair enough. Um, may I see your ID? You pass your ID over. They scratch off the, uh, the square barcode under the, the state seal. They scan that, then they scan your driver's license and they hand it back to you. Now that ballot belongs to you. So you take that ballot home and uh, come election day, you can scratch off that first QR code and you scan it on the camera with your computer. That will take you to your personal registration. 
you confirm that your registration is correct. So when you hit submit, everything drops from the browser and it goes forward encrypted. What that does is it establishes what your ballot slate is going to be on election day because it's tied directly to the address that you live at, where you are, um, where you're registered. So you scratch off the site QR code, you scan that one, and that brings up your ballot slate. So when the time comes to vote, when the polls open, you can go through and you can pick everybody that you, that you want to vote for and all the races that you were eligible to vote in. Go back, double check, reconfirm, hit submit. At that point, the ballot itself, even though you're already a hash, is encrypted. So nobody can see who you voted for. This vote goes directly from you to a state repository. Now, what's really cool about this state repository is that it can be viewed by anybody that the state wants to have view it. It can be viewed by law enforcement organizations. It can be viewed by the media. It can be viewed by party officials. It can be viewed by um, big five accounting houses for auditing purposes, but everybody gets to watch it come in. But because these votes are encrypted, nobody can see who you voted for. All they can see is all those votes are coming in and none are going back out. So everybody can see that everything is clean and clear. At the end of the day, when you close the polls, the Secretary of State releases the decryption code to all these parties who are watching it. And everybody can run their tabulation programs at the same time, and everybody comes up with the same number. So the result is both mathematically provable and incontestable. And at the same time, everybody comes up with the same number. Now, to get back to your original question about absentee ballots, it is just as simple as mailing it out. People who are overseas will request an absentee ballot um, by way of a website, right? They come in, they request their absentee ballot, the state confirms your identity, and then they scan that absentee ballot in in your name and they mail it to you. So when you receive that, you wait for election day, and then you do it exactly the same way as anybody else would do. So absentee ballots, military ballots are counted in real time on the day of the election. So there's no lag. And once the certifications are finished, the results are available immediately. Sounds really good. Sounds like it gets rid of those um, very suspicious boxes that come in. And we have state legislators, too, that are moving the goalpost on election days, Brian. Um, this, uh, this seems like this would be a good system in concert with, you know, election law. It, it absolutely is, Matt. The, the, the coming from a military background like we do and, and a little bit, well, a lot of corporate as well. One of the things that's interesting to remember is there's procurement process to get this done. So it's very easy for a state to adopt it. Um, we have the ability to, to go in and offer this system in any venue where the politicians are not afraid of the clarity because this, again, this is fully transparent. Uh, there's no secrets here. So any politician that runs from this is kind of somebody that we need to be a little bit wary of. Uh, it, and it runs both sides of the gambit here. We've, we've seen a lot of each, but um, there's really no reason for full transparency to be less than adopted countrywide. Uh, we're already talking to many states that have taken a great interest and there's some politicians showing a lot of bravery going forward. 
Well, that's what I was that you that's a great segue because that was my next question. Where are you in the process of getting this incorporated? Are you looking at the federal level just to have it blanketed across the country? Or are you going state by state with this? So we're this is a big states rights play. Tenth Amendment all the way. We're trying to bring this power, like we said earlier, back to the people itself. So uh, definitely states level. We've made great strides talking to many attorneys general, many secretaries of states for sure. Dr. Rogers, anybody signed on yet? Anybody said, yes, we're going to do this in a primary at least? We are within days of signing memorandums of agreement, uh, one at a state level, um, about three at county level, and another three at, uh, at municipality level. So what we are planning to do is to run a side-by-side -side so that there is a proof of principle on this. It's, uh, it's insane to change horses midstream after primaries going into a midterm election. So we're not going to ask anybody to do that. Right. However, we are going to ask them to look at our white papers and our proof of principle to demonstrate that this is absolutely uh, the best voting system going. Yep. Now, I, I want to back up to, uh, to something that was said uh, a couple of minutes ago, uh, reference um, the integrity of the system. Uh, it's important to understand that what Redo Voting does is election integrity. Voter integrity is the job of the state. So every state is going to have different uh, requirements when it comes to identification, when it comes to locality, when it comes to citizenship status, and we can accommodate all of those. The important thing is one registered voter, one vote, and that's it. But the state is responsible for making sure that the individuals who are voting are vetted to vote. There's always yeah. going to be somebody who tries to go around the corner. Now, on the subject of election laws and, and the time frames for voting, there was a time when that made a lot of sense because in the early days of this country, a 15-minute drive was a day and a half buggy ride. So it wasn't easy for people to get to the polls. So those time frames lengthened out in response to that. Now, there were people who took advantage of that, so they started to tighten back up again. And every state has a different uh, period of time where voting is going to be okay. But I suspect that once the entire system is completely clear, transparent, and immediate, those archaic voting laws are probably going to go away for the most part. Yeah. It, well, yeah, absolutely. Just when it comes to the vote itself or the person voting, it seems like a system like this would really get rid of the mules for example, you can't just take a bunch of your cards and put them in a box. It wouldn't work that way, and it gets rid of those guys. And I also I have to disagree with something you guys both said, and you're going to like this, though. <laughs> I want this system in place now. I want it for the primaries. I want it for the general. I don't want to. I we got to get people's minds at ease. If it's tried, proven, and proven, Let's get it in now. Let's not let another situation happen like what happened in 2020. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, we agree with you on that one. The, the nice thing about this is that it, this, is, this system is so simple that if you can work a scratch-off lottery ticket, you can use the system. If you can use your ATM machine, you can use the system. It literally is that simple. There are no machines, no more machines. In fact, we can run this right next to any election system that's out there right now, which we would love to do. So if somebody's listening and can enable us to run our system right next to whatever you're using, we'll do that. And not only will we do that, 
We'll give you the results 10 minutes after the polls close, and we'll give you the software so you can prove it for yourself. It just seems like a really transparent and secure effort, guys. We've got the links. We interviewed Megan Clemente, your spokesperson. Mm -hmm. um, we got the links on the Buff Show for that, and we're going to put this interview on there. You guys can see the individual interview as well to get this more information. But I want to close by saying go to RedoVoting.com and look at the FAQ page. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go there, there's a lot of questions that we didn't get to to answer. But last word to you, John Rogers. It just seems like we need to get the wheels turning a little faster. Well, we're moving as quickly as we possibly can. Um, there are a lot of obstacles, but we are we are systematically overcoming them. Um, one more question that you mentioned earlier. What's to stop people from grabbing a whole bunch of ballots and going out and voting? Yeah. Well, if it's registered specifically to you, they can't get in with those ballots. Well, what if somebody steals your ballot or you lose it? Okay, go register with another one. That's the only one that'll count. That's right, because they have to have all that information. So just to put it in a picture, what uh, Dr. Rogers is saying, everybody, really simply put, if a mule takes a bunch of those cards from redo voting and drops them in the ballot box, they're useless because they have to be logged on and with all your information. That's the only way that you can lose it 20 times. But until you put your information and it registers as you, then that's that's it. I just that point had to be made. And I'm really glad you brought that back up. Mm -hmm. All right, Brian. So that's it. Go to the website. Right. Find out information. Can people help? Can they lobby? Can they call? Can they work on your behalf? You guys hiring? What's the what's the story there? Yes, to all the above. You go to that website, RedoVoting.com. My my email address is Brian at RedoVoting.com. John's is John at RedoVoting.com. We would love advocacy. We would love anybody that wants to help. And if you're a state official, we can make this very simple and very inexpensive for you. Because, by the way, it costs $8.10 on average to allow a person to vote in this country. We can do it for five. And then if you're willing to help us out at start, we'll make it that much more easy for you. Toward the beginning, Brian, you mentioned that there's pushback. It just, it's just very strange that somebody would be pushing back against securing our elections. It, <laughs> it, it, it has made for some really interesting conversations where you're talking to somebody and it's sunny outside, yet they're telling you it's not. It's We've had more than we cared and say of, of, of those, I will say. Well, just from the Buff Show perspective, speaking exclusively for myself, the Democrats always say, don't believe your lying eyes. <laughs> wow, you got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We'll end on that one. Dr. Rogers and Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the show. All right. Thank, thank you very you. much, Matt. All right. We'll post the links everywhere, guys. RedoVoting.com. You guys check it out. We'll be back on the Buff Show. You stay with us. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site, Sarah coding services, laser engraving and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000. And at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Tactical.
You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Welcome back to The Matt Buff Show. This is a banger on Wednesday. Wednesday's show here is a banger. Even the last segment's a banger with congressional candidate Corey Mills on the show. Corey, welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Oh, it's always great. You're in campaign mode, man. You got the hat and the cool shirt and everything. You're out there hitting doors or what? Yeah, I've been out there in the district meeting with folks. Uh, we got a debate tonight, obviously, in Seminole County, but I wanted to get out early and just kind of go visit people in our, in our district, future constituents, and uh, just kind of answer any questions they may have. Okay, good deal. And the debate, how can people watch that tonight? So I'm not sure on where the link is, but it's being held by the Seminole Women Republican Federated. So uh, I think there's over 300 attendees right now. I think the, it's, it's locked out now. So if you haven't already rsvp to register, it's a little bit late, but uh, should be a full crowd. Yeah, definitely will be. Absolutely. I wonder if Anthony Sabatini will be there. Um, it'll be interesting to find out. It there, would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, it, it's curious because... <clears throat> You come on the Buff Show a lot, and we really appreciate that. And uh, you did a banger job, by the way, on Gutfeld. Nice joke. You dropped Thank a couple you, joke bombs in there. You guys can check it out on demand if you download the Fox News. And let me tell you, it's hard. And it's look, when you're up there with Gutfeld and Cat Temp and all these people who are professional comedians, Jimmy Fila, I mean, you know, it, it's intimidating. I, I don't mind doing Fox and Friends. I don't mind doing the Buff Show or doing any of the other stuff because I'm not going after no joke certified comedians but you're trying to hold your own on serious topics with people who have zingers for one-liners that it's just hard <laughs> to keep up with yeah dude <laughs> gutfeld is a, he's a very special talent for the very zinger. witty very one of the wittiest guys i've seen on tv like Agreed. you're not going to get any of that on maria bracharomo she's just going to ask you straightforward questions and i love maria yeah very concerned look on her face she cares deeply she about really the state care. of this country she does yeah, Maria's fantastic. Probably one of my favorite week shows is like on Sundays when I watch Sunday, you know, Futures with, with Maria. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the great ones. And you got to shut it off quickly because Neil Cavuto's after that. So you got to no. shut it off when she, you got to shut it off quickly. He's terrible. <laughs> the guy's got the worst suits I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Well, you know, he's he looks like an Oompa Loompa. I mean, what, what kind of suit manufacturer is going to fit that frame? I just don't know about putting on an eggplant colored suit. It just, it was odd. Oh, yeah, the color. Absolutely. No fashion sense or no political sense with Neil Cavuto. And you can tell him I said that. But uh, I tell you what. Yeah, so the there's some opposition campaigns hit me with some stuff, Corey Mills. And I, I told him, I said, anything you tell me, I'm going to bring to Corey's attention. They're complaining about your finance. You know how, you know how campaigns work. Check the FCC. He borrowed $1.2 Talk about the finances of the campaign and how it's going first. Well, I'd love to see where I borrowed this supposed money because that's actually the difference is the campaign 
which is the one who we follow the FEC, uh, FCC stuff with, actually borrowed from me as the candidate. So when a candidate puts money into their own campaign, they actually have to report it as a loan because I'm giving money to the campaign. Look, the bottom line is, is that the government's taking enough money out of the American people's pocket. We've got 40 year high record inflation. We've got increases in gas. We've got increases in our average living and our costs. We've got less affordability and availability of housing. Who am I to go out and say, hey, the government's taking a lot of money from you already and you can barely live. Please donate to my campaign. No, I feel that I was put into a position where instead of having to go out and grift Americans out of more money, I put my own money into this, Matt. My wife and I made an actual effort to say, you know what? We're not here to drain down on the American people. We're here to help them. We're going to put our own money where our mouth is in this. And so if you look at my FEC report, all that money that is a quote unquote loan. Yeah, it's a loan from the campaign that I paid myself. I am the one who put that money in there. And if my finances were so bad, clearly I wouldn't have had $1.2 million to put into the campaign to begin with. Yeah, very good answer to the question. Where are you uh, doing the interview from today? So I'm at my house here in New Smyrna Beach, which contrary to popular belief is in Volusia County, South Volusia, which is District 7. So, so you live you know, in the I'm, district. I live in the district. My wife and I are registered to vote here in the district. We have I, I, I've lived here for about four months or so now. I lived in Orlando 18 months for that, you know, prior to that. And then obviously before this, I was in uh, my Virginia residence after I was working with the Pentagon, the president's team and the U.S. government. You know, a lot of the, there's a couple people in my race who understand what deployments are. The others who are questioning my uh, residency obviously don't know what deployments are. And uh, when you're told, hey, we need your support, they know they can pull the Patriot cord and I'm going to come. Whether that's supporting with the agencies, whether that's supporting the State Department, whether that's supporting President Trump, or whether that's getting back in uniform and being able to fight enemies domestically or foreign. And so, you know, my whole thing is, is that I'm a born and raised Florida native, 60 years. My mom, my dad, my grandparents, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, we all live here in the I-4 corridor. And so the idea that just because I deploy for 10 or 12 years of my life, that I lose my bona fides as a Floridian, fine. Then I'm not a Floridian, I'm an American. <laughs> Very well said. And who did you rescue in Afghanistan? Uh, I rescued a mother named Miriam and her three children, a 15-year-old boy, an 11-year-old girl, and a little two-year-old girl, all born and raised Texas, Amarillo, Texas natives in Congressman Ronnie Jackson's district. And uh, the, how are they doing? Are they still here in America? Do they get deported or anything? I mean, No, no, they're U.S. citizens. I mean, they're yeah. here in America. I mean, they were born and raised here. Um it is sad to report that because of everything, though, the mother is facing some PTSD issues. Um, that's to be expected and understanding. She wasn't expecting what, what took place, but uh, the kids are doing well. They ended up getting back. You know, we, we got them back around September 6th. Uh, the rescue was finished on September 4th, and uh, they were able to finish out the school year, and uh, they're doing well. You know, the 15-year-old the I talked to quite a bit, meet them. He uh, is really into video games, so we've been kind of going back and forth on his Call of Duty stuff. Nice. That's awesome. It's, how does Call of Duty fare against real life warfare? Does it look similar? Those kids destroy me. All right. Let's just go ahead and face the facts here. I didn't know if any skills you accrued on the battlefield could apply if you to try Call to of play Duty. This like, it, like you would in the real military, you're done. I mean, look, these kids know exactly how many hits they can take. They know exactly which weapons to counter another. I mean, it's I, I don't I don't play with these kids. All right. I, I go out there and just it's entertainment for me for a moment. If Call of Duty was like the real military, it'd be about 30 minutes of paperwork before they could do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be 20 minutes of fighting and six hours of sitting on your ass prepping. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. So here we have a situation here, right here in our state of Florida, where the first time in history, the DOJ has been weaponized to go against a former president, a president who I believe won the 2020 election. So I hate when they say, even on Fox News, when they say President Trump, they they correct themselves and put former. That's that's directive down from above. You have to say former. But they raid with big weapons, this guy in Mar-a-Lago. And without looking through boxes, they bring the boxes out. And to me, that's fishy because it, how easy could you plant evidence? And they're Correct. trickling out, hey, we found a Snickers wrapper. We found a letter from Obama. This is just a travesty on Americans. And I always tie it into the domestic terrorist comments from the DOJ about parents. And then I tie it into the 87,000 IRS agents. Corey, to me, it's all the same. 100%. And let's, let's remember what President Trump actually said. He said, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. You know, President Trump has continued to stand before the government to try and prevent them from violating our sovereignty, our rights, our liberties, our freedoms. And they target him for this. This is nothing more than an extenuation of, you know, the political targeting of conservatives. We saw this under the Obama administration where they weaponized the IRS to target conservatives for audits. That sounds familiar. And then now we've got where they're actually utilizing the J6. We've got people who've been arrested for over two years who still have no charges whatsoever levied against them. They are not going after the John Earl Sullivans of the world who had an indictment from the DOJ, who is a BLM antagonist, who uh, filed false flag operation in full MAGA attire and paid $60,000 by CNN to film the murder of Ashley Babbitt. They are not going, you know, and, and, and they're not going after, you know, the people who are actually, you know, under investigation, like Hunter Biden and his laptop. I mean, let's let's go back for a minute. When Hillary Clinton had 33,000 emails and had actual confiscated documents that were you know supposed to be supplied at request by the doj and this is during mike pompeo's day as secretary of state they didn't go raid her home they didn't go in and steal cell phones and electronics they allowed her to actually respond and what she do she destroyed and deleted and tried to basically hide evidence so how is it that the clinton crime family which i'll probably be a suicided here in the next week or so how is it that the clinton, <laughs> yeah how is it the clinton crime family can get away and act with impunity the biden crime crime family you know 10 percent for the big guy hunter biden's laptop which we've had for two years uh from the department of justice those aren't worthy of investigations but president trump who by the way had documents in air force one as he was flying from D.C. into Florida, he transferred from being president to the former president. They're now claiming that those documents, which he's been returning back to it, was, was conf uh, confidential documents, which they weren't. They were already declassified. And they're saying that that was warrant enough to go ahead and violate his Fourth Amendment, his due process, his right for legal search and seizure. This is wrong. This is political targeting to harass and intimidate President Trump, which they obviously don't know who he is. So he doesn't run in 2024. But let me tell you, they have just made enemies of the state of themselves. The, we already know that IRS is trying to weaponize itself with 87,000 new agents who, by the way, bought $600,000 in small cal ammunition. I can understand calculators, stationaries, and print cartridges. Why do you need $600,000 in small cal ammunition for 87,000 new IRS agents unless you have some type of a malicious intent to target Americans? And they talk about, we're going to go after the 1%. Well, let's put that in perspective, Matt. 
We have 700, approximately 700 billionaires in America today. Last year, 50% of the audits or greater was on people who made $75,000 or less. So you need 87,000 new IRS agents to target 700 billionaires in America. This doesn't smell right. You know it doesn't smell right. The listeners know this doesn't smell right. This is absolute China CCP political targeting, the same thing Russia and China does, and we have to put an end to it right now. When you get into Congress, these are things you have to stop, not just investigations. McCarthy wants to do investigations. You got to sit down with Leader McCarthy, presuming he's the leader, and tell him we got to do indictments, not just conversations. We got to do indictments. And legislation like this, Corey, has to go to committee. You got to have hearings on it again. This two days passing $700 billion. Nobody knows what's in it, and it's not an Inflation Reduction Act. The CBO and their own people told them that. It's an IRS Army bill. I, a committee hearing would explain the rounds you're talking about. Well, and it's a down payment for the Green New Deal, Matt. Look at what's yes. in there. You got $257 billion, which is going into Green New Deal you know, social pro projects. You got $250 million in loans going to solar panel companies who you know they're buying their components out of China, Taiwan, and Vietnam. So you're talking about the fact that this is supposed to be an Inflation Reduction Act. Well, let's look at the facts here. The more money you print and the less that we increase our GDP, we watch a GDP to national debt ratio, which basically continues to inflate. The Inflation Reduction Act is kind of like the American Rescue Act. It didn't rescue any Americans. It just helped out the you know corporate billionaires that was out there and the 1% who basically lives above you know that two-tier justice system. This is the same thing here. Inflation is an invisible tax. Why aren't they going ahead and stripping this out and saying, if this is truly about inflation reduction, here's how we do it. We stop the 50 or $60 billion that we're money laundering through Ukraine. We start investing in securing our own borders and saving Americans. We stop spending $700 billion, 500 of which is being spent on solar power. And if anyone remembers Solyndra during the Biden days, we gave a billion dollars to a company called Solyndra who went bankrupt in a year and a half but kept the money. What this is, is payments towards their little buddies. And they should have been taking that $500 billion, putting it into the Production Act that increases and builds out new refineries, allows us to get back to energy independence, ensures that we actually have a GDP growth rate that allows us to actually either get to neutrality on our debt ratio or supersede that to where we're not the biggest consumers of goods, but we're starting to be an exporter of goods. And we have to get back to understanding what resource economic warfare is against the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, you're exactly right. We got to get back to that. I mean, we got so much work to do. It's just an absolute, it seems overwhelming sometimes it when does. we talk about our schools. I mean, we're going from having to protect a three-year-old all the way to protecting grandma from the IRS agents. I mean, this is a socialist takeover. Biden's along for the ride, Corey. Um, but I can play you clips from we don't have time right now, but I played it earlier in the show where the uh, propaganda minister, um, Jean-Pierre, wouldn't answer the question about are you weaponizing the DOJ? To me, that was the biggest takeaway from that press conference. That's a simple no, we are not. But she didn't say that. She goes, I'm not answering that. When asked directly, are you weaponizing the DOJ against your political opponent opponents? She didn't say no. I, I listened three times she was asked, never said no. And she probably is going to clean up on aisle nine, but you're right. I mean, it's just an absolute socialist takeover and Biden's along for the ride and the GDP and the uh, inflation report at 8.5% is not getting any better. 
that's how they get people relying on the government, the financial aspect, too. And that's so, the whole point, Matt, so, is to try and yes. create government reliance so the American people can no longer honor American exceptionalism, understand free capital, understand where we're at as Americans, understand living the American dream. No, they want the 1% to be able to prey upon the remainder 99% of Americans so they basically take them into poverty and start basically saying, you will comply or else. Yeah. That's right. You will comply or else. You guys can see Corey coming up at a Buff Show event at Liam Fitzpatrick's we're working on. We'll get you the details on that. Corey, you're out there working the district. Any last thoughts about District 7 before we have to go? Well, District 7, we need strong leadership. That's something that I know about. We have a crisis in leadership across the entire government right now. We need someone who actually lives in the district who can vote for themselves. And there are people who don't actually live in the district. And so I'll tell you right now, get out there August 23rd. I'm the only Trump appointee. I'm the most endorsed candidate in the nation. And I will bring back what it is to have American exceptionalism. Absolutely. And website? Uh, Mills4FORflorida.com or follow me at Twitter at QuarryMillsFL. Yeah, follow Corey on Twitter. It's really fun. But we'll put the, the, this show is going to be on Twitter, too. So, Corey Mills, thank you so much for stopping by and taking the time today. We could spend hours with you, we know, but. We appreciate we could, Matt, the time and we you can gave solve us. the world's problems together. <laughs> That's right. Just solving the world's problems. That's how we do it on the Buff Show. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Corey Mills. And we will see you next time on the Buff Show. Come out tomorrow. Jimmy Bears in Jimmy Bears Barbecue in St. Cloud, where we're doing an Osceola County candidate roundtable. District 9. All of them together for the first time on the Buff Show. Check it out live. We'll see you next time. Stay smart out there.